Go to College, They Said, a podcast hosted by Get Involved NC, your center for student engagement and leadership at Niagara College. We're here for students who are looking to make the most out of their time in college, enhance their experience, make connections, and gain a competitive edge. This is an all-access pass for students to listen, learn, and start to lead with their best professional foot forward. So go to college, they said. It'll be fun, they said. All right, so welcome back to the Go to College They Said podcast. It's Sarah here hosting, and as always, I'm very excited for this episode. I feel like I say that for every episode, but this one especially um, to celebrate Pride. But I did want to give you a little insight into this episode or what went into this recording. So I left a little clip at the beginning for you to... I don't know, I just felt like it was important for you to see, see, hear these conversations we had with my lovely co-host that I have this episode and our two guests, that the topics we go in to discuss that we don't take it lightly and we want to know that what we were doing was the right thing and that the intention behind it is to be coming from a place to better yourself. There is so much going on in the world, and we recorded this right when the Black Lives Matter protests and movement really intensified, and even just playing this back to edit, I felt so many powerful moments and advice to really just be a better person to others and the effort we need to be putting in to educate ourselves. And that's on an ongoing basis, not just once a year. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. Like I said, I'm very excited for this episode for all of us to listen, learn, and really celebrate Pride. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to be. I know that I feel like there's so much going on, especially right now, too, with all the protests, and it's really top of mind and and on the forefront of so many topics out there, and I see so many people putting out information, like, stop asking Black people what to do, and then I caught myself, and I'm like, should I not be asking you guys, but then I think about the students who are in a position where they're, I think, an age where they don't ask the questions, they don't, like, open the doors for conversation, and they need that kind of, but I want to know if what's good for you guys too. I think it's intent. Like you can ask the question, but it all depends on the intent behind it, right? So if you're asking it to better yourself and to to base your future decisions and what direction you're going in, then that's fine. If you're asking it, and you can usually tell if it's coming out of a place of ignorance and you're just asking a question to to catch someone on something or hold them accountable or form some disclaimer in your mind. Yeah, and I think that especially now, you know, that conversation around, um, you know, I have a lot of friends, you know, uh, people of color who are are saying the same thing of like, don't just come and ask me because a lot of the times, you know, I mean, we as white people can come at it really defensively. Like, yeah. uh, like, tell, like, okay, you're the black person, like, tell me why that thing that happened was racist. And it's like, okay, sweetie, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, if the intention yeah. is like that, I'm that I that I have a friend that's a confidant that is also living, you know, mm-hmm. the experience of a person of color, and I'm also checking up on them, and I'm also, you know, uh, seeing how they're doing, and then saying, you know what, listen, I'm having, I'm really struggling with this aspect of what's going on in the world right now. Can you help me? So, like, what Enzo is saying in terms of intention is, yeah, is really key. And so I think, you know, people will be will be able to tell by you know, the way that you've set up the podcast, that you're doing so inquisitively, you know, you're obviously trying to make, you know, a pride discussion really accessible for your students. Um, and I think that comes through. So it's it's great to hear that you're sort of, you know, trying to be considerate of the current climate, but I don't think, like, I think that you're going about something like this in the right way in terms of speaking to okay. a marginalized community and doing it so respectfully. Respect. Yeah, because we want it to be, especially coming from an institution, we want it to be an educational aspect for our students. We want them to come to a resource that they know that they can learn things about and go kind of right to the source. 
um, Tom, you've done an amazing job at bringing that to life on campus and making um, areas accessible to students. So I think this is just one way to kind of connect it all. So I'm excited that it's a collab episode. And, and it's great mind. to have that partnership from the college as well and not Absolutely. be just so student folk. I shouldn't say student focused, but student driven. Um, yeah. And it's great in, in the last year to see sort of um, the participation, uh, you know, of the college and their involvement. And I, I, I truly and sincerely uh, believe that under Sean's leadership, we're going to see bigger uh, and greater things um, with the, the student experience in mind uh, and the focus on, on student success. So. Okay, and welcome to Go to College, They Said, a podcast for our students here. Very excited for this episode that we are recording, and I have a co-host, one of my favorites across campus, a man who needs no introduction, Mr. Tom Price. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for, uh, for having me and allowing me to co-host this uh, amazing podcast. Thank you for having me and, uh, and the opportunity to engage here. Um, yeah. I look forward to this uh, great discussion. I know you've got some amazing guests, so I guess uh, I'll leave it to you to introduce. Yeah, absolutely. And a total tribute to what you've done across the campus and helping. We really want to celebrate June as our Pride Month and, and give the students a good look into getting educated and educating themselves, using this as a resource to do that. And you've built some amazing partnerships and connections with our two guests. One is a, definitely a familiar face on campus. They have had you host how many events, Kyle? Oh, I think I've been there five years now. Yeah. So you're very, very familiar with the Niagara College community. So we have Kyle, also known Vanity Out of Mode, and Enzo. Enzo, I don't even want to try and pronounce your last name because I don't want to ruin it. D. Davidius? Close. D. Davidus. D. Davidus. Perfect. D. Davidus, the founder of Pride Niagara. Yes, one of the co-founders. Amazing. So both doing such amazing work. Tell us, take turns telling us kind of who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Okay, would you like to go first, Kyle? Sure. So guys, you might already recognize my voice as Vanity Alamode. I have hosted many a, a drag bingo, a Valentine's Day bingo there at the college. For me and, uh, and the drag that I do, it's really a highlight. Uh, every year to visit the Welland and, and Niagara and Lake campuses. I'm originally from St. Catharines. Uh, I now reside in good old Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah, and uh, professionally I work uh, in Toronto for Rainbow Railroad, an LGBTQI organization that helps LGBT people get to safety from some of the over 70 countries that uh, still persecute uh, LGBT people. Uh, for myself, my name is Enzo, like we said. I'm born and raised in the Niagara region. I grew up in Grimsby. I've lived in the world, St. Catharines area, the bulk of my life. Started Pride Niagara 10 years ago. We're just on our 10 year anniversary now, which is fantastic, with a couple of uh, my very close friends, Phil Gurley, Melissa Gray, and Kevin Mananen. So Kevin and myself are still running the organization. And we basically provide social information and social activities for the LGBTQ plus community within the Niagara region, focusing mainly on uh, the month of Pride, which is June, and Niagara Pride Week, the first week of June. Amazing. I was going to say that's such a, a milestone to make it a decade of Pride Niagara. So that must feel so amazing for you and your team. It does feel fantastic. We did it and it, the most beautiful part of it is because it was developed and grew and became what it is today because of friends. It's all friendships that came together and said, we want to do something in our community. We love the Niagara region. We want to celebrate ourselves as a part of the community in the Niagara region. And we want to highlight our LGBTQ plus community in the Niagara region. So it's all started with friends and developed into chosen family. So that in itself is such a big success and such a big part of it. So, and Kyle is one of those people. So if it wasn't for <laughs> relationships and friendships with these people, we wouldn't be able to do anything that we're doing now. I was yeah, just gonna say, know, tell us about your, your connection to each other. Yeah, I mean, I, like, first of all, just to Enzo's point, as a community member, it's been really remarkable and inspiring to watch uh, Pride Niagara grow, you know, with a continued, you know, and reinforced commitment to the community in Niagara. And so for myself, um, it's a bit selfish because 
everything that I put in uh, to helping Pride Niagara and supporting their events and performing as vanity, you know, making sure that they're successful as possible, you know, I'm getting that right back out. I'm getting a safe space to perform, a safe space to, you know, gather with my community and be together, you know, and so we're very, very lucky um, to have Pride Niagara and, you know, the community that it's really strengthened and emboldened over the last 10 years. Yeah, and so, um, I mean, and so what fabulous things do you have to say about our friendship? <laughs> <laughs> you got him on this don't fun. I, I don't think we have enough time, but, uh, <laughs> well, your Kyle is my chosen family, so he is one of my best friends. Uh, without Personally, without him, I would not be able to be the person I am today. So anything that I achieve and anything that I try and anything that I go after that brings me joy or successes, if it wasn't for him in my life, that wouldn't be as possible definitely he's there to guide me he's there to celebrate with me we've known each other since i think what 1999 i think well, yeah I, I was trying to add it up and i was thinking it was at least 15 years yeah because i kind of tried to go from like drinking age even though i know that that probably isn't actually accurate that definitely but... would not work <laughs> <laughs> honest, so i'm turning i'm 30. turning 35 and, we've known each other for it seems like forever it, it's Definitely seems like forever. We've done like personal friendship, family, and then projects together like Pride Niagara, like uh, other fundraising or, uh, organizations and projects together, performing yeah, together, it, everything. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially in, in my drag performing, you know, Enzo has definitely been, you know, a light and a, and a guide. You know, I can forward you some photos of not so flattering Vanity on the Mode over the years. But again, you know, to bring it back to that idea of community, you know, that friendship, you know, that we're so lucky to have has really, you know, again, been strengthened by that sense of community and by what we put into our community. And so that is really, you know, achievable for everyone. You know, I'm, I'm sure that people listening to the podcast um, at Niagara College have gained incredible friends. I'm sure the two of you have, have gained incredible friends through the commitment that you have to contributing to your community. So... It's just, you know, it really goes back to, you know, what you put in, you get out. And if, if I could jump in, just speaking of community and, and sort of engagement, partnerships and friendships, that Pride Niagara and NCSAC have, have formed a, a relatively new uh, friendship and, and partnership. We had a great driving force director of justice and fitness uh, for the 2018-2019 academic year. Uh, Lindsay McCormick, who was uh, a big driver for Rainbow Crosswalks at both campuses. We've celebrated, along with Pride Niagara and Enzo, our, our second uh, flag raising, um, rainbow flag raising at the uh, at both Noddle and Welling Campus. So, Enzo, maybe you can just talk about maybe the impact that uh, that Pride Niagara has had on uh, on the student community. I know there's a great relationship. I know you've attended um, some speaker series hosted through the uh, Loving Out Loud Club uh, on campus. So maybe you can talk a little bit about sort of maybe what that uh, that relationship has done for the student community. And Kyle, when, when Enzo's finished, maybe you can talk about sort of the impact when you talk about Rainbow Railroad and you had mentioned earlier about 70 countries that, uh, that you have uh, represented or had impact on. Sort of what do you see your impact when you're uh, hosting Dirty Bingo um, on our student uh, community, specifically the international student community? Uh, definitely. I, I feel like anytime we have the opportunity to go into the schools or go into other organizations and do partnerships together, we definitely leap at it. Uh, the, the fact that we're all members of the community and we work within the community and we've created these things for the community, which is ourselves as well. So going into Niagara College and being there at their events, I think it adds a little bit of uh, legitimacy from the community because sometimes, like I know for myself growing up here, I would, with uh, different organizations or with the cities or with the schools, they would be doing something or for example, raising the flag and that's great and everything, but I didn't see my community represented there. I just saw a lot of people that were doing it because quote unquote, they may think it's the right thing to do at this time, or it may be trending because it's a month of June. So to see people that are very out in our community, that are visibly living their life as an LGBTQ plus individual, seeing, seeing them in our schools and seeing them at these events, participating and acknowledging it, I think it, it just brings it to a different level. I, for example, the crosswalk, the one that day, it was a beautiful event. We were, everybody was loving it. Everyone was enjoying it. And it was 
I think a monumental thing for Niagara College and within the Niagara region. Some of the, just all of us sitting there around like enjoying it and taking it in and appreciating it, talking to each other, that people that were there, uh, people in the community I may not necessarily have known, but one person I, I just happened to turn to, I said, this is fantastic. Don't you think this is amazing? Aren't you loving today? And they didn't take it the same way I did. They just said, no, I don't, I don't think this is, means anything. Anybody can do this. So we got in a kind of a heated relay, uh, conversation initially because I think they felt this was just another movement that every school has to do or everyone just has to do this because it's trending. So I quickly pointed out to them that I'm on the same page with them. I'm in the community. I'm a part of the community. I, and I know what they're getting at, what they've seen, what they've gone through because I've gone through that as well. But quickly to show them that this is an opening of a door. Niagara, your school, you go to Niagara College. I at the present time do not. So you go here. So they're acknowledging we don't have to thank them necessarily for doing this. They're doing it because it's right. And they're acknowledging us, but it's our job as the community to hold them accountable to continue this development and growth. So the fact that they saw someone that actually is in the community, that is doing things as well, that is coming to these events, that is a part of it, that wants to grow together, that gave them that accountability and acknowledgement and, and it's a little more le legitimate and now that person I've seen, they've done so many more things. They've, uh, they're part of LOL and they, they continuously are being proactive in their community. So that in itself is worth it. And I think that, that's the big part of the community connection, how it's always important to involve your community, individuals and organizations in this together, like working together because it, it benefits everybody. Thank you. Of course. How am I supposed to follow that? I talk a lot, I apologize, it's the Italian. No, not at all. I mean, I think it's a really prime example. Tom, you were you were asking sort of about impact and talking about the impact at Rainbow Railroad and and sort of pivoting to look at the impact, you know, as Vanity Ella Mode. And I think it's interesting because lately for me, you know, especially with work at Rainbow Railroad and and just in life, I've really sort of been focusing on that word of impact and what impact you're gonna have and you're gonna leave on people. And I think with Rainbow Railroad, it's a pretty tangible thing, right? Um, we're helping persecuted LGBT people who are in, you know, dangerous countries who can't be safe to be who they are, and we're going to help move them to somewhere that they can be safe, right? And um, I think it's it's a little bit less direct, and it kind of has my my the wheel spinning in my head about, you know, Vanity Alla Mode at Niagara College, and I think that you know, it's over the years, it, it's become, you know, more and more clear, you know, like Enzo was saying, that when you can live out loud and when you can be yourself and, you know, confidently put that out into the world, you know, what it does to empower other people. And I think that over the years at Niagara College, I've really been able to see, you know, what that does for people and how I can kind of bring them outside of their box and show them that, you know, this place you know, you can be whatever you want to be. And, and by doing that, you can also empower others, you know? And so it's a, it's a really, really beautiful thing to be able to watch and to be able to think of, of having that impact. I think too, the interesting one that I always kind of take away that I'm like reminded of at these dirty bingos is that I am a lot older than these kids. <laughs> so when I make a comment, you know, and we'll, we'll keep the, the podcast clean, but you know, these dirty bingos can get rather blunt, <laughs> blunt or dirty. And I say things that I think, you know, are a walk in the park. And these, ki these kids are listening going, what? A deer in the headlights. <laughs> deer in the headlights. But I think that's also a really interesting impact to have is to kind of open up and, and be that non-judgmental voice that says like, no, we're gonna also, you know, bring some education in and, you know, talk about, uh, you know, Niagara health systems and, and, you know, getting regularly tested and, you know, the fact that there's, it's not a shame game. It's just, you know, the reality of, you know, what it is to be human. So I always sort of think of that, but I'm definitely reminded, um, you know, at the end of the day that I am very old. <laughs> I think, I think I love what you said about from an educational standpoint. And I think it's so important kind of to echo Enzo, what you talked about is that keeping those lines of communication open and opening the door for conversations. And this is, it's, it's a start, you know, it's not, there's lots of work to be done, definitely. 
but it's starting and it's the more you learn and educate yourself is how you better yourself. And we are here to definitely use this platform that we now have as a way to educate others. So I think seeing the flags being raised is kind of a node to like, we are celebrating with you and like proud to have these partnerships and relationships and, and students know that it resources on campus for them and safe and I think we have students who come to the campus maybe for the first time, maybe to the country for the first time, and they're in a place like physically when we are in cam on campus, but even virtually in their life that I hope they're at the stage where they feel like their most self or that's when they find themselves. So I think it's definitely important that they know who they can reach out to, who they can talk to and what they see on campus is has, has an effect on them. And Kyle, I think you do a great job at balancing that, bringing in that entertainment and that humor into conversations that people don't always find comfortable. And that's how you kind of break the ice. And then you are able to open the floor to that education point as well while you're making them laugh and entertaining them. And I mean, it's a little bit easy because I am a, a man in a dress. So it's <laughs> sort of a, a, an easy fit to be the one, right? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> to tell be us. the one that, that brings that, that kind of... Um, that aspect. <laughs> I had no idea, Kyle. <laughs> For those Michael. of us who don't know, like, what is a drag entertainer? And is that even the correct term that we use? I always want to clarify, and, and I talked to you guys about asking questions, and that we are coming from a standpoint to educate. So correct us, educate us, and inform us on what we should be doing. Yeah, I mean, um, drag has certainly, uh, you know, become a very diverse art form. Um, so I think that any time that you are, that you're asking someone that question of, of what is drag or what is a drag performer, entertainer, um, I think that you're going to get a lot of different answers. I, I personally love that, you know, you've asked a drag entertainer because I think that that, you know, language now is so important. And I think that, you know, looking as a, at a drag entertainer, at a drag performer, you know, it really allows it to be inclusive of everyone, right? Yeah. And I think that we have to sometimes remind ourselves of that because, you know, people think they own the art form. People think they get to decide what the art form is. I mean, I think that if we're asking for myself, it's female impersonation. For me, the transformation of, of Kyle, you know, this six foot one, I'm not going to tell you how much I weigh guy, <laughs> you know, into this woman is this sort of glamorous transformation. You know, I went to theater school, you know, I worked as an actor for a while. And so to have moved um, into a more philanthropy focused career, um, to have drag for me is just like that outlet, that, that thing that I need, you know, and to have transformed that into an opportunity to educate people, to raise funds for, you know, vital work that happens in my community, to entertain um, and all of that. So I mean, you have drag kings, you have drag queens, um, you have non-binary performers, um, you know, you've got drag queens who want to look as freaky as possible so they don't even look like, you know, they're on the human spectrum. You've got ones who want to look so glamorous that you can't tell that they were born a man, that type of thing. So I think that's the wonderful, the wonderful part of drag. What was it that started your career as Vandy Alamode? Oh, well... <laughs> Enzo's here to like corroborate if I don't if I don't get it right, <laughs> but I was I I had moved back to Niagara after school and had started going to see drag shows at um, at the gay bar and thought like oh my gosh this is fabulous I had watched RuPaul's Drag Race I think it was like in the first couple seasons at the time so it was like um, you know just getting started and we were really lucky because at the time in St Catharines. Um, Terry Stevens, who everybody on this podcast, go Google Terry Stevens, female impersonator. Her career is illustrious. She has, you know, performed, like, it's just remarkable. And I was in awe, and I said, I want to get dressed up too. I want you to paint. I want to get dressed up. And so I went over uh, to her house, and she started painting me, and every two minutes, I would run over to the mirror and look in the mirror, and I would see the change that happened to my face, and I would be sort of like enthralled with what was happening. And she goes, oh, sweetie, your name is Vanity because you are vain. And I was like, okay. So, so it was gonna be Vanity Stevens because Terry Stevens, you usually take your drag mom's name. Um, yeah, but I mean, she, 
nothing against Terry, but like she painted me one one. So technically she's absolutely my drag mom. But then I was, you know, working off of, you know, Enzo's expertise and friends and, and all of this kind of stuff. So I kind of wanted to make it my own. And we were out one night at a 24 hour diner. Perkins. <laughs> And we were trying to figure out a last name. And I said, guys, I'm going to the bathroom. When I come back, I want a last name. And I came back and they looked through the menu and found apple pie a la mode. And they said, oh my gosh, you're vanity a la mode. And I was like, ah, maybe. And then they just started calling me it. Like, it's vanity a la mode. It's vanity a la mode. Like, I was like, well, I guess, yeah, I guess I have to go with that. So. Well, everything no, is better it. with ice cream. Everything is better with ice cream. <laughs> everything. Right. Oh. Amazing. I want to ask you, so what is the best part about being a drag performer? And then what has maybe been your biggest challenge? Oh, those are good ones. I mean, I think the best part goes back to that idea that you can like, there's so many things in drag that you can do that you can't ever do in real life, right? Like if I was standing outside of a bar, you know, and, you know, saw a girl with her hot boyfriend, I, I wouldn't be saying half of the things if I'm standing outside in drag. And I'm like, oh, honey, is that your man? Oh, come <laughs> over here, honey. Like, I can say whatever I want. I'm a, like, I'm a giant six foot some woman. Like, I can say whatever I want. But it also is great because for those times when you wanna, you wanna say something and it's important and you wanna say something, make a statement, you know, you can say it louder. You can say it with more confidence. Um, you know, if, if you don't, you know, have the, the gusto to say it out of drag, you'll probably have, you know, the courage to say it when you're in drag. Um, to, and to touch on what you just said, Kyle, sorry, um, there's that family, we were talk, talking about chosen family and you talked about Terry and everyone. It's a, it's a whole different family unit. So, cause you have your sisters and you have your- Absolutely. Your it's, it's another family that you have there to back you that you can, like really depend on. So that's a huge, huge thing. And that goes across like internationally. Terry now is in Calgary. Yeah. So if, if you ever went to Calgary and you said, oh yeah, Terry Stevens, she's my drag mom. Everyone that would be, oh, that means I'm your aunt. That means I'm your sister. That means I'm your this. Yeah. And then you have a family anywhere. And then that family goes all international. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, like, like we said before, it really comes back to that idea of community. The idea of like what you put into that drag community is what you're going to get out of it. Absolutely. Um, I would say without opening up a giant can of worms that the worst part about um, being a drag queen is dating. Really? Like don't even, don't even. Like dating as a drag queen, they think that you want to be a woman. They're not, they, you're too loud for them. Um, you get too much attention when you go out. Like Inevitably, if you're a drag queen, you are a big personality. And if you're a big personality, you're intimidating to way too many people. So you already have to find a needle in a haystack because there's only like, what, a tenth of us? <laughs> um, and then you have to, they have to be okay with the drag and how big of a personality you have. So yeah, that would be the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge for sure. Moving into uh, Pride Month and yeah. the celebration that is uh, upon us, and and perhaps maybe we'll give Enzo a chance to uh, to chime in. Um, so maybe just take us back to uh, to starting Pride Niagara, um, and really what that journey has been like, and how it has evolved um, throughout the last decade. Well, we started like when Kyle was talking about how he started his performing and drag, and a lot of the. A lot of the main things that happened in our community and usually in our LGBTQ plus community is at a gay bar or a gay club or something like that because it's a positive space where we can get together and, you know, share ideas. So at the time, it was myself, Phil Gurley, Melissa Gray, and Kevin Mananen. We were sitting around at the bar in town uh, complaining that there was such a limited amount of things to do in Niagara. If we, if you wanted to go on, if you were one of those lucky people that got the date, which was not me, uh, if you were one of those lucky people, there was nowhere for you to go and just be yourself in Niagara. You couldn't just go on a date and hold this person's hand and feel safe and feel comfortable. There were no nights to go anywhere else. There was no restaurants. There was no, there was nothing that you could really do something. So we were complaining about it so much uh, amongst ourselves. We just said, why don't we do something? We all have a strong background in event planning, in fundraising, in uh, promoting positive awareness. 
why are we not doing this? So we started putting events together. We had the first one at the bar then. It was called Envy for Everyone. And then that, which it turned into Pride in the Park. But when we started initially, we couldn't pay businesses to participate. We, for food vendors, we, we couldn't pay them to come. We had to sign contracts saying, not only would we pay them, and it was a ridiculous amount, not only would we pay them, but we would also have to reimburse all their costs if they didn't get that money back. Crazy things. We didn't, we didn't get any city event vendors. We didn't get any organizations willing to partner with us. The first ones that we had was TD Bank and Positive Living Niagara. And now, 10 years later, uh, Pride in the Park last year had just over 3,000 people. We have a week full of events. We had uh, Casino Niagara, Niagara Casinos. We have Lancaster Brooks and Welsh, Accenture. We have TD. We have so many organizations that are standing up with us and putting their money where their mouth is. That whole accountability and acknowledgement together is a big thing for us because everyone will say, well, sure, you can, we, when we were trying to do it over the 10 years, it was, yeah, you can have an event here, of course. We won't give you anything. Just come here and spend money and sure, well, I'm aware that I can go anywhere I like. Yeah, but they, they would just be like, sure, if you want to have a gay thing here, okay, your money's nice, but we don't want to acknowledge you or cater to your community or acknowledge that it's more than just something you do behind closed doors. I think the last, like the last 15 to 10 years, people had this mentality fed to them from society that we're all the same and gay, quote unquote, it's just something you do behind closed doors and that's okay. I don't have to see it. It's private. That's all there is to it. Just that. And everybody else is the same. The reality is we're very, very different. Everyone is different. We're all equal, but we're all different. And that's what makes everything so fantastic. So we should celebrate all those differences. So we're at the point now that we can do that. And we are doing that. We have a week full of events and just to see so many community members come together where before they wouldn't acknowledge us in public, even our own community, knowing that I was, or I was one of those people that were coordinating that gay event. So to see me in public was turn the other way because that would put them at that level of gay visibility in Niagara and they were not having it. So a side blessing of that, like with Kyle, like I said earlier, it was a blessing having a friend, chosen family like him at my side saying, no, this is good. We are all, this is good for all of us. It's okay, don't listen to that person. You know, don't let that person hurt your feelings. Don't, don't acknowledge that. What we're doing is good. Come on, keep doing it. I'm with you. I'm your friend. I will acknowledge you louder than any person you'll ever <laughs> meet in your life. So like that was beautiful. So the fact that we're at that level now is huge. That is amazing. And when was it that you kind of, when did, I, I know there's always, like I said, still work to be done, but when did you see that shift to like being maybe turned away and not supported to now people looking to you to get involved, how they can reach out, how they can participate? I think within uh, the first four to five years, it was a, a big struggle continuously. Once we introduced more and more events and like the Unity Awards, for example, it highlights the successes uh, of LGBTQ plus individuals and organizations within the Niagara region. So yes. once that started developing, people started seeing like there's major corporations that are they're showing up. The school board has eight tables at this event. We're, we're, we're going into schools. We're going into businesses. You can go with the, for example, you can go to Lancaster, Brooks and Welsh, the a pride flag and see an award that they display that they're proud of, that they were acknowledged mm -hmm. by our community. So I think it took our community a while to realize I can speak up here. Just because someone's nice to me at work and doesn't harass me, that's not enough. Yeah. I want them to know about it. So mm -hmm. it took a good five years for our community to get feel comfortable enough to be visible. And then the five years after that, it just keeps growing and growing. I think, you know, when we talk about Pride Month and we talk about you know, all of those people who came before on the continued, you know, fight for equality, for human rights, for LGBTQI rights, you know, it is really about that visibility. And it is about those years, you know, that everyone at Pride Niagara continued to stand up and said, okay, fine, you don't, you want to look the other way, you just want to put your thing up and say everything's fine, but we don't have to talk about it, but we're still going to be here. And so to push through those years, you know, is what really makes me thankful for Pride Niagara and, you know, the community that they've created because it's pioneers like, like them, like grassroots groups of people that see something that needs to change and are not willing to take no for an answer. So it's more than just the events. 
It's more than just the pomp and ceremony of the celebration that is Pride Week that we're celebrating, you know, now virtually, you know, because Pride Niagara is continually committed to their community, whether we have to sit at home in our room or not, <laughs> you know, but, you know, they are, they are modern day pioneers for doing it within their own community in Niagara. And I think that's a, a great lesson for the student community as well, is uh, when you're faced with uh, adversity or challenges, it's one thing just to sit back and not do anything about it. But when you do stand up for yourself, you do speak, you do take action. Uh, it's incredible the impact that you can have, not only for yourself, um, but those around you. So huge, huge lesson. You talk sort of about that week-long celebration and, and how uh, celebrations are virtual and we know all too well through NCSAC and the college, how we're uh, educating and engaging with students virtually. So how is sort of the situation the world finds itself in really forced Pride Niagara or, or Kyle, your engagement is Vanity Alamode. Um, really pivoted your plans for the uh, for the coming year, months. I'm not sure how long this will linger or last or the impact it'll have for years to come. It does feel like it's going on forever. Uh, like Kaya was saying, it's, a, it's not necessarily so much about the social aspect of it, about getting together. In Niagara, it seems to be a strong part because we don't have many outlets to do that. So that is a big part. But we're still trying to do as much visibility as possible. So we've switched our events, the, the majority of them, and the larger comp, uh, components of them to virtual so we can have people involved still. And it's funny because a lot of community members have contacted us saying the one part that they liked about this so far is now they can attend events. Now they can be a part of it because a lot of them just, although we, we were up to doing about three events a month, which is fantastic considering there's zero happening, but a lot of our community couldn't get there. So they were saying that they actually enjoy this, the virtual part. So a positive spin off this, we're going to be taking that moving forward and always have this virtual content as much as we can. We took, we started everything off with a storybook reading time for kids with Silver Spiral Church. That went fantastic. We had a lot of parents and kids watching and they would send us emails and pictures of their kids watching and videos of their kids watching. So we kept sharing that and that just brought it to another level. The flag raising, this year we had the most cities ever. We had 11 of the 12 municipalities. Wow. And we, we've never had that many. Thorold, this is the first year Thorold participated in Razor Flag. We got a message from every um, city member, from every mayor, first time ever. I live in Thorold, so the flag in Thorold was a big deal for me personally. Big deal for you, I would imagine, yeah. Amazing. I do want to, I want to circle back a bit about uh, the visibility because that has been kind of huge in, in, I think, carrying pride throughout so many different areas is that flag. And I know we're proud to have raised that flag across both campuses, but there's more behind it than just a flag. The history behind Niagara Pride and the history behind Pride Month even and how we got to the flag raising and the symbolism of that flag. I know there's a lot of history and there was a lot of struggles and people of generations before us see it now and are probably, I don't even, I can't even say I know how they're feeling because it, I can't, but just seeing the difference that it's probably making from then to now. Can you share any of that history up behind it and that symbolism? We usually uh, try to incorporate that as much as possible. Like in Niagara, we found a lot of the community is it very, very young or retired. A lot of them were students that the mentality was, let's not, I don't have to invest that much in the community here. And then a lot of the other part was, I've come back to this community, I'm retired, I've done what I wanted to do. And then there was us in the middle, which we were striving to get more. Originally, pride stems from Stonewall from like 1969, June, 20, June 28, 1969 when everything started. So what we try to do is highlight with our events, with the flag raising, for example, that's just a spotlight. So as soon as we get that spotlight, we use that opportunity to give this information. And we found in the past, a lot of the older generation here or people that just have been fighting for so long and coming up against a wall here, it almost felt like they were making you feel bad for not knowing the information. So the community just let it sit. So we try to use that spotlight now and say, hey, just so you know, the fact that you're appreciating this and you're watching, here's some information. You may not know that, and that's okay. You don't have to feel bad for not knowing it. You don't have to feel bad for showing up strictly based that it's a celebration. But since you're here, here's a lot of information that we know you're going to love and that will only make you appreciate the celebration even more. The fact that so many people are like LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters fought for us from such an early age, from 1969, that were there fighting protesting, much like what's going on now for our, like our families. It's okay to show up for the celebration, but there's so much more to it. 
And if you learn that, if you take in this history that we're offering, that there's so many people, normally we have a lot of guest speakers there from all different walks of life, from all different parts of our community to share that information and their actual personal experiences. We've had people that were at Stonewall. We have people that contributed to this, that had that own battle within Niagara, that were prosecuted by the police, that were fired from their jobs, that their families were destroyed because somebody was outing them or somebody found out that they have contacts with someone who happened to be gay. And in Niagara, that wasn't happening. So we bring the information, we bring those people to this spotlight. The flag is a symbol of our fight, of our unity, our diversity, and our pride of where we started and where we are, and the fight that we're continuing doing together. So we just use it as a spotlight to educate. Yeah, I mean, the pride flag, I think, has a lot of different meanings for a lot of different people. You know, when I, when I think of the pride flag now, I really think of a story of someone that we helped at Rainbow Railroad, who was at a concert from a band uh, in Egypt called Mashru Layla, whose lead singer is gay. And they raised that rainbow flag at the concert, and it immediately triggered a crackdown in Egypt of LGBTQI people. Several were arrested, some left in solitary confinement for months. And so it's really interesting how, you know, we talk about the, the pride flag and being able to raise it. And, and for me, you know, it's also a reminder of how many people around the world can't be said. You know, and luckily, you know, through Rainbow Railroad, we were able to bring those people to safety. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who are looking to be able to raise that flag. And so, you know, when we continue to do it, but we do it in a mindful way, the way that Enzo is, is saying, you know, when we make sure that it's not just about the celebration and the party, but it's really about ensuring that everybody's on the same page about, you know, what came before us and what's happening right now and what still has to be done. And so hopefully, you know, with events like the, the flag raising with Pride Niagara, people will continue to open their eyes and, and sort of understand what it is that they can do and how they can take action, you know, to continue to be the change that we need to see, not only during Pride Month in June, but, you know, every day of the year. That's what I wanted to ask and say what like what can people do to celebrate pride as we say now in terms of participating in virtually what they can do but also like, what can you do all year round so it's not that that checking that box during that pride month what is it that people can do to make sure that they're mindful of this and being an at like a true ally i think all the things that you see online during pride month all the the, the posts that people are making all the the policies that they're that they're spreading and enforcing and the literature that comes out, say that all year. The way people are asking to be treated, treat them equally all year. Don't stop and say, oh, okay, you're, you're part of this, right? So what am I supposed to do? Educate yourself. Use the month of June as that time to take in all this information. Since again, there's that spotlight on the community now. Use that time, take in all this information, all these resources, there's so much of it that it's visible and online now. Use it, educate yourself, change the way you conduct yourself, knowing that the things that you have been doing in the past may have been offensive, may have been excluding parts of our community. Stop, use the month of pride to educate yourself and realize that the fact that you have not had to deal with those things necessarily is a privilege. Change it now, educate yourself, moving forward, support these organizations. We ask everybody all the time to think twice about spending. Think twice about supporting certain organizations. We do a list of the ones that help us throughout the entire year. The organizations that stand behind us the whole year and the businesses. We ask the community to think before you step into a business. If somebody, for example, is supporting your community the entire year and it's aware, you can come in some businesses like Mate Cafe, for example. There is a pride flag and LGBTQ content and the diversity in that place is all year. And it's not just our community, it's so various and spread across the board. They do that all year. That is their policy, that is their mission. Support them before you see somebody that has this rotating policy in their window and things they're celebrating. Between that and educating yourself, using this month as the time to educate yourself so you can move forward, a stronger, more accepting person. I, I think those are the two key ways, personally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Really important I mean, to do it when it's not trending. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, something that often comes up about, you know, things that we need to improve on, things that we need to change is, those uncomfortable moments, those uncomfortable conversations that we all need to have, you know? And that can be as small as a microaggression. 
and, and noticing a microaggression of someone using that so gay, right? And having the uncomfortable conversation, committing, committing to your friends, you know, commit the way that I commit to other, you know, friends who are part of marginalized groups and what they've asked me to do. You need to do it on the 24-7. Not when you're with your gay friends, not when your gay friend says that they uh, were marginalized, right? It's, we always have to be committed as tough as the conversations need to be from, you know, the really small ones to the really big ones. We need to be committed to that always. Absolutely. And so what, I guess, advice or, or recommendations or suggestions would you have for students on campus, sort of moving forward in, in educating themselves? Um, I definitely would say take the time to look at what's in Niagara. Take the time to find out what you have, what's at your access, accessibility here in Niagara and educate yourself with that. Don't squander the fact that you're only gonna be here for that short period of time or to think that, oh, it doesn't really matter because I'm, I don't live here. Because the lessons and that development that you can have while you're in a smaller area, for example, you're gonna take that with you. Like these are lessons that you, just basic respect and ethics that you're gonna bring moving forward in your life. So take that time, research, reach out. And it's okay not to know. It's okay to ask questions. If your intent is to better yourself and to educate yourself, it's okay. Ask the questions, but think think about how you're phrasing it. Think about who you're asking. Do your research. Like Kyle and I always make a joke, like do your research. It's honestly that simple. If you care enough, to make a change, you will make the right change. Once you know better, you can do better. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, it's so interesting because I always think that when I have to give people advice that it has to be some sort of like profound Maya Angelou quote or something, <laughs> you know, like it's really gotta be like life changing. But you know, I think that that two two sort of main ideas are kind of coming to mind and i think that i think one you know goes back to that idea of you know when i'm vanity and i can show up at niagara college and i can just be myself i want that to empower the students to do the same you know we're all here in this like crazy time this crazy world you know everyone i mean there is a lot going on and i think that it's times like these that we need to let our light shine as bright as possible and you know put that positivity and that that love and that light and and that into the world and i think the second point would be not to be so naive to think that it's not going to take a lot of work anything that's worth anything is tough and hard but worth it and you know and the work that you know during pride month that we continue to do for lgbt people you know not only in our own communities through the wonderful example of pride niagara but all across the world. That's work that we really need everybody to be doing. And so, and I think the great tie into that is that by letting your light shine, you know, you are doing the work. By, by loving yourself and by putting that out into the world and by letting that message be love, you know, we're, we're going to get there. You just have to be ready for it. Okay, so you just made you weren't going to give us anything profound and then you hit us with that? <laughs> <laughs> See, he's okay. Italian. <laughs> Just setting us up. No, that was amazing. Both such good advice. So amazing. I know that. And so you spoke a bit about the Unity Awards and our Niagara College, our SAC student club, Tom, our LOL. Yeah. They've been nominated for one of your Unity Awards, which is. Get out. Yeah. So we're so proud of them. We're so excited. What does that mean to you to see like a club on campus? I know that it's probably compared to starting Pride Niagara 10 years ago to now seeing students advocate for themselves and for the community. What does that mean to you? And then what advice do you have for these club leaders, these voices who are kind of going through campus with their peers, which takes brain itself, and for participants and allies? Honestly, it may sound a little bit corny. It makes me feel validated. The fact that the times that we spend doing this, the negative uh, pushback that we get from a certain like groups or individuals in the Niagara region, the flags went up. You think that would be this overwhelming amount of love and support coming, but the amount of emails that we get that's, that are still so negative, that are still so, why is this there? Why is that there? It, it gets discouraging when we're trying so hard and we're all parts of the community. So we're all LGBTQ plus individuals. So when it comes down to seeing a group like LOL, at Niagara College flourishing and doing such amazing things and having these seminars and having these open discussions and having these events and the crosswalk and flag raising. It's like, okay, you know what? I kind of feel this, like we helped. I kind of feel like us doing what we're doing 
gives them a bit of a platform or at least some light to do the work that they're doing. So it definitely makes us feel like it's worthwhile that it's validated. Wish that was around when I was in school. And the fact that I wish that is the reason why we started doing Pride Niagara because I knew it wasn't and I wanted it. So the fact that we can help in any way, it's amazing. You guys are so great. Tom, I'll leave it to you to wrap it up and tell them how to connect or any last words from SAC. Yeah, great. Well, thank you, I guess, for joining us on Sarah and the uh, Cecil Squad's podcast. Sarah, thanks for uh, allowing me to co-host. Although other than a few questions, uh, I don't know that I provided much input, but great to sit back and uh, and listen um, and be educated. So Enzo, I'll leave it to you in, in, in Pride Niagara and how students can connect with yourself. And then Kyle Vanity Alamode will let you uh, have an opportunity to address the students some parting words and, and how they can connect with you. We just want to like to tell all the students, thank you so much for celebrating yourselves, for celebrating each other, and realizing that our differences are beautiful and they need to be celebrated and they need to be visible. We need to hold each other accountable and acknowledge our differences. They need anything if they want to be a part of the celebration, if if they want to reach out to Pride Niagara for support, for any information or any guidance towards areas that could help you more. They can find us on Facebook. It's Pride Niagara. They can find us on Instagram, Pride Niagara. Our website is Pride Niagara. And our email address is info at Pride Niagara. So it's very simple. All our social media handles, all Pride Niagara. Someone will get back to you as soon as we possibly can. Anything you need, whether it's assistance again, or if you want to be part of the celebration, everything is very visible. Everything is online. So thank you very much and happy Pride. Be safe. Thank you. Oh, it makes me like just want it to be like real, like Pride season. (laughs) I'm getting so upset that it's not Pride, that we can't, it has to be virtual. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, uh, You cool cats and kittens, students, whatever you guys are calling yourselves these days. Um, You can check me out on Instagram at Ms. Vanity Alamode. Um, follow Pride Niagara because there's going to be um, some virtual festivities that you might be able to catch a look at. So yeah, check me out there and hopefully I'll see you guys in the fall. Yes, that would be amazing. Fingers crossed that we can have in real life soon, but just kudos to you both on adapting and pivoting into this new normal that we're seeing and really succeeding with it. And happy, happy Pride. We are definitely excited to have you visible on campus and can hopefully continue the conversation now and and keep this going, like we said, all year long. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You guys know where to find us on Instagram at GetInvolvedNC. And I just want to make note to anyone listening, especially our students, there are so many supports available to you. So please reach out. I know we are living in a strange time with physical and social distancing and not having you on campus. We're truly missing you so much, but just know that the services are still available to you and just to reach out and we would love to help you in any way that we can. So thanks again for listening and tune back in for another episode of Go to College, They Said. 